Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Self Plus Plus Incremental Podcast. Improve your mindset to become more independent. My name's Jonathan Laylaws and I'll be your host. In this episode, I'll be talking to the fantastic Kat Barlow from Empowerment Ethos about self-care and living life to the fullest. This podcast is brought to you by Self Plus Plus Coaching and Training Service. The participants build the mindset they need to become independent. Visit our website at selfplus.plus. Uh, good morning, Kat. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us on the Incremental uh, podcast today. Tell me uh, a bit about what you do. So uh, my business is called Empowerment Ethos, and I work with parents of disability diagnosis and diversity to help them empower themselves with new skills so that they can be the best person for their families. Awesome. So how did you get started? Talk me through it. So uh, I used to work in film and television and then when um, I was 29 weeks pregnant, my son was nearly born on set of a TV show I was working on at the time, slightly inconvenient. And um, so he blazed into the world 11 weeks early and so life was never going to be ordinary from then on. So I, I couldn't go back to work to do what I was doing before. So as a carer, it's very difficult to be able to you know, work full time or work in something. So I looked into starting my own business. So that's how it started. So my son Noel was my inspiration to be able to step forward. I just saw there was a massive gap between the help and support that you could, that was available for children compared to the help and support that was available for adults with disability and adults, parents of kids. Um, so what, what are some of the most common issues your clients face? Oh, so many things. Often parents feel isolated. They feel that no one would understand. They feel like there's a massive workload and there's a lack of acceptance, I think, often because it isn't what we expected. You know, when you, not that parenting ever is, that's a thing, right? So before you have kids, you think, oh, this is how parenting is going to be and this is how it's going to be. And I'm sure it's not even if you have um, ordinary kids. But when you have kids who are extraordinary and have all these amazing upgrades, then, you know, you have to learn a different way of parenting too. perhaps wasn't how you were brought up, you know, and so you have to learn all new skills and new ways and a whole other language in some cases to be able to talk to to people who are going to support you or doctors or nurses along the way. And so a lot of the time it's about connecting people um, and parents with people who understand parents who other parents who are going through the same thing so that it can feel connected. They can have those conversations and also how parents can deal with their own anxiety and their own stress so that they know how to model grit and resilience to their own children, because that's certainly a trait that they're going to um, need throughout their life. What's the one thing that your services have done for your clients that you didn't expect? I think I didn't expect it to be as profound when they're looking at their own childhoods and as deep as it went with their own underlying beliefs from, I, I thought that I would be right in the beginning. I just thought I'd be helping parents become better humans so that in turn, we're better parents so that in turn, you know, our kids learn some great lessons from us. But I think from us, we've done a lot of healing. I certainly did a lot of healing from my past. And, you know, people along the way have done a lot of healing just on themselves, irrespective of parenting and, and the children they're bringing up. But of course, when we heal ourselves, we're a lot more available to, to our kids, you know, ordinary or otherwise, to be able to be there for them. So to be able to support them with um, their own anxiety, their own stress, their own, because we know how to deal with it ourselves now. 
Whereas before, you know, I think right at the very beginning, I was so stressed. I felt so isolated. I felt quite angry. And all of those were survival mechanisms because I didn't know how to show up. And I was so scared for what the future was going to be that instead of me dealing with it properly, I just, you know, manifested pain and anger and distress and horror all of the time instead of being able to sit in it and understand what was going on for me first. And so that was, I think that's been a really, it's been a great thing to be able to see us all sort of change and grow together and learn new skills, irrespective of our parenting, to make us better people. Was there a turning point from when you went from all that anger and resentment and anxiety to how you are now? Yeah, it was a it was literally a phone call I got. So um, I got a phone call from the doctors and it was all, it, you know, it's almost comical to look back on now because he did say, are you sitting down? And I was, I remember at the time going, that's something that happens in the movies. Like that's a thing that you say on a TV show or, you know, I've heard that on Grey's Anatomy before. I've heard that. It's not something people say in real life, but then here it was. And I thought that was a bit strange. And then, you know, he went on to say that they weren't, Uh, overly excited about Noah's prognosis and that they were you know they weren't optimistic about what was going to happen to him and what his life expectant was going to be and and what his condition would be and so I literally after that phone call sobbed for two weeks like just sat and sobbed and you know tried to parent and tried to look after him and did all those things but I was so confronted by what had happened that I didn't know how to show up anymore and I was absolutely I think that was my rock bottom you know like the real the real darkness and then after about two weeks of doing that I literally just went one day went right well I can't live like this anymore uh I'm done and I'm not saying that that's ordinary thing to do but that's what happened to me and and I just literally made a choice that day to to live better, to be better for him, to to grow myself into a person that is that can honor his life, whatever that looks like, so that I can be the best person for me. And then, you know, that then started me on an absolute catalog line of learning courses and learning about neurology and brains and research and all sorts of stuff so that so that I could support him and support me. So Noah's accomplished quite a lot uh, in his short years. Can you go through some of the things that he's done? (laughs) So many things. How much time do we have? (laughs) I know, right? Um, I know. I remember going through his stuff and I was like, oh, Noah did this and he sold this and he's done this. So so he has his own website. It's called Living Life List. Um, And so that started way back when he was three and four years old. We started this thing called Living Life List where we It was about making memories every day. And so we made a list together of the things he wanted to do. And of course, when he was three, it was like, drive a truck, hug a seal. That was actually on the list. Hug a seal, um, drive a dump truck. It was mainly around dump trucks, tractors, um, you know, standing on tables, anything that would, you know, a three-year-old would like. And it wasn't things that were huge all the time. Um, It was other small, really beautiful things. And so uh, he then started a website called later on when he was eight called Living Lifeless so we can help other people. He was on at me about it yesterday because he's like, I need an ebook. People say I need an ebook. So that's what we did yesterday. We wrote a new ebook for his website. I was like, as if I haven't got enough to do, but sure, let me write you a a special ebook. Anyway, so that's what we did yesterday to teach other people. So this now there's a PDF download on there so people can learn how to do it for themselves. Because 
ordinary kids or extraordinary kids and everybody in between, especially grown-ups, we forget um, what's important for us. You know, what makes you happy? What do you do for fun? And as grown-ups, we're often like, I have lost myself. I don't, what are you talking about? Have fun. What is this have fun thing? And so living lifeless is about that. It's about reconnecting to what we want, what our souls want so that we can, um, you know, do fun things. Uh, he's written a book called Beryl the Ninja Chicken. And uh, his second one's on the way. Yeah, it's called Beryl the Ninja Chicken Makes a Bad Decision. <laughs> because Beryl's very naughty uh yeah he did that and then he he's the what is the right word ambassador or the for the uh, mitochondrial foundation for the mito foundation uh, and he's won two awards um with the mito foundation for fundraising he just got another certificate the other day for a youth award for his fundraising and his ambassadorship um and he walked um a kilometer on his walker over 10 days so he did 100 meters a day on his walker um up the street why he chose to go up the street i'll never know but anyway never tell a 10 year old what to do right because it doesn't go down well so he went he walked up the street um yeah so he's an extraordinary sausage but you know i think i i think i put that down to how you model what their capacity is and what they can and can't do and I've learned a lot from um, adults with disabilities about how they wanted people to show up for them or how they did have people show up for them. And, you know, I take um, my lessons from people who've been there because I obviously don't know what it's like um, to have a disability. Um, so, you know, I see it in Noah, but he, his his journey is not mine. And I don't know how, you know, he lives how he lives and it's it's nothing to do with me. So, um, yeah, I take a lot of my lessons from adults with disabilities who I say, what, what should I do about this? What should I do about this? I remember the first time Noah played sport and they pushed him out of his wheelchair intentionally. And, um, and I was just I, for a minute, I had a little parenting moment. I was like, <laughs> and I was like. Actually, yeah, because he needs to learn, you know, what it's like to fall and how to get back up and all of that stuff. So, yeah, I, le I learned a lot of my incredible lessons through um, the sports that he now plays as well, because he's the uh, mascot for the wheelchair team for Richmond Football Club, just to add to his list of things. <laughs> impressive, impressive list of skills there. Yes. He's an incredible sausage. So what are you most excited about right now? Oh gosh, so many things. I'm really excited about the courses that I'm doing. Um, I've just got a new one started, which will be um, specifically for carers around um, self-compassion and um, and the fact that we always like to put ourselves last. So it's about learning to ask for help and learning about compassion fatigue and carers burnout. Um, so I just started that. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and I'm excited about some great JVs coming down the line with some Paralympic athletes, which I can't speak about yet. But um, it's going to be awesome. And um, yeah, all, all of the things, actually, like I feel at the moment, um, and Noah's podcast, he's got, he's got a podcast too, called Voices. Um, and that's going great guns too. So yeah, it's good. What's, what's your best tip for making the world a better place? Oh, be kind and um, be kind to you too. So have courage and be kind, you know, and, and kindness. We often give kindness to everybody else and we're like, oh, I'll help you and I'll do this. And we forget ourselves in, in being kind. 
And self-compassion and the ability to be kind for ourselves to ourselves is, you know, a skill that's often missed and it's absolutely essential. If we want to learn what resilience or grit and peace and calm and stillness in a life which is often filled with adversity and stresses that perhaps we weren't anticipating and that's for all humans then kindness is everything that ability to just give ourselves a break and and talk to ourselves in our heads the way we would our best friend because often if we talk to other people the way that we would talk to ourselves in our head we wouldn't have anybody else to talk to so by being kind to ourselves we teach our kids to be kind to themselves too yeah i know if i said things that I say to myself in my head to other people I probably have no teeth yeah well exactly right and and we're our biggest um, biggest advocate or our greatest destroyer you know and we have that ability within ourselves I'm quite you know when when any athlete stands on the blocks before they go they don't give them a pep talk give themselves a pep talk which is unkind they're not like you're rubbish this is awful you're never going to be able to run. I don't know why you bothered showing up. They're like, you can do it. You're going to be amazing. You know, this is your day. You're going to be fantastic. And so we can do that for ourselves every day, you know, and that energy that we then give off changes everything, everything. Being a male, kindness can be seen as a weakness, but it's actually not. It's a huge strength. Huge strength, kindness and vulnerability in any gender is in, is an incredible strength, you know, because and especially looking after ourselves, cannot say it enough. We, we do so much for everybody else, you know, but we forget to be kind to ourselves, you know, and, and that's, um, yeah, across the board. I think it's a massive strength. The self-kindness thing applies to not just parents with um, children with special needs, but I guess in general, because I've seen quite a bit where um, parents doing everything for their kids, uh, but they're burning out and yeah, they're, but they're not, that's because they're not taking the time to, to look after themselves. Yeah, we, it, we, I was really confronted by that recently more than any time when we were about seven weeks into one of my bigger courses. And um, I said, so just, just write down five things that you like to do. And everybody went, what? And I was like, wow, okay. So we're that level where we put ourselves so far down the list and that's all humans, like you say, this isn't about parenting. This isn't about anything. This is just humans. We're so used to putting everybody else first or so used to staying busy or doing work or whatever it is we need to survive. We forget joy we forget happiness, we forget silliness. And, and all of those things are so important. I absolutely make sure I laugh every single day. That's a non-negotiable. People ask you, what's your non-negotiable? I'm like, laughter. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm so serious. If I get to 11.30 at night and I'm still, I'm still not laughed, I will watch stand-up comedy and make it happen. And I would do that when Noah was in hospital. I would do that when he was in the ICU. Like, I would do it. I never stop because joy is really, really important. And being able to tell our... Um, you know, our nervous system that there's peaceful places and that there is another feeling and it doesn't have to be anxiety or it doesn't have to be stress is so important. Find peace in those micro moments. Laughter, man. Found another one that helps as well is the sense of gratitude. Um, yes. So when I had some anxiety issues a while ago, just having that sense of gratitude really grounded me. 
Yeah, because then also you teach your brain a different way of looking at things. So our brain is pre-wired to look for negative things in negative situations. So when you're stressed, your brain is pre-wired to look for more stressful things to be stressed about. And, and that's called the negative bias. Such fun. Thank you, brain. Amazing. Um, and so you end up on a loop where, you, you know, you know, those days where you're like, this has happened and this has happened and this has happened. And ah. Oh. but when we look for gratitude, especially if we do it twice a day, once in the morning, one at night, You'll find yourself through the day going, oh, I need something to be grateful for. What can I be, you know, and then something happens. You're like, oh, 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 this can be my thing for the day. This can be my grateful thing. And it, it makes you notice the small things. It makes your brain switch off from a negative bias and starts to open the gates to more positive experiences that it's looking for and that gratitude. It's absolutely important. And, and then often you'll find people go, I have nothing to be grateful for today. You go, okay, but are you sitting in a house? Are you breathing? Yes. Did you eat food today? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Did you wake up? Well, yes. How did you get to work today? Do you have a job? You know, all like there's so many things and it's not. And then people go, oh, but that's just scraping the barrel. It's like, no, no, that's fundamentally like the most important things that you are surrounded by that you take for granted. It's not that you don't need to be grateful for those things. Like so often we take things for granted and, you know, having a glass of water, like I'm so serious. Like who has clean water and be able to just go to my tap and turn it on? Absolutely. I can be grateful for that. If that is what I'm being grateful for today. You're so right. It's so important. And do you know that if you write it down, this is my new thing. If you write it down, you get a double hit. Because your brain will experience it this when you write it down. So if you if you have the experience of gratitude, so I go, oh, my glass of water, very grateful for my glass of water. Then later on, I write it in my gratitude journal. Your brain will experience the same joy of, of the, the first time again. And it, it doesn't know the difference between a remembering or an experience at the time. So you get a double hit, boom, of the positivity and gratitude. So write it down. Love it. Love brains. Well, thank you so much for your uh, time this morning. So where can our listeners connect with you online if they want to use your services? Oh, I'm all over the place. You can find me on Facebook, Kat Barlow Empowerment Ethos. You can find me on my website, empowermentethos.com. Uh, you can find me on Insta, Empowerment Ethos. It's always a fun one to remember. Oh, and I'm on LinkedIn too. <laughs> empowerment ethos <laughs> i'm all over the place <laughs> awesome thank you so much for your time um thank you for having me and um yeah I'll talk to you soon awesome thank you so much thank you for listening to this episode of incremental please hit the subscribe button so you can get notifications when our new episodes get released if there's anything you'd like us to talk about on this podcast please visit our website selfplus.plus and get in contact with us until next time, see you soon.